Just ears to hear, Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, David did a David did a great job last week. Um, I, me and Judith and the kids, we were in Newcastle with a chance to share to share with a Centre Sixty One, a church plant down in Newcastle, and um, it was great to spend the day with our friends down there. Um, we got listening to David and. Uh, I felt like it was almost goading me while this week as I listened into him because not only did he have a title but he had a subtitle just showing off and I was standing here this morning again thinking I can't even come up with a title Isaiah 40, what about that, we'll go with that Isaiah 40 is the title of uh, what I want to share this morning but I love what David was was uh, was bringing to us last week this idea of slowing slowing down for loving union I suppose why it, why it really caught my attention as, as I went about my week is if what David was saying is true, I'm really going to have to take this serious. Because if going really fast, if being in a hurry impacts or impairs your ability to hear from God, if it impairs your ability to have compassion, if it impairs your ability to be generous, then I want to take that serious. I want to take what David is saying serious. I'm sorry, I um, that's better. Um, I want to take that really serious. That's that's a big deal. If David's if David, if David's right, and uh, and so we're still in this Advent season, and I am valuing this the Advent season more this year probably than I've ever done before, because I think how I how each morning has been started off. I got to say, everybody that has participated. Uh, in our morning readings, honestly, it has just it's just been wonderful. I've loved it. We're so valued uh, starting our mornings in this way. Advent, this season of waiting, uh, being able to really celebrate it and enter into it well is developing the art of waiting. And I think David alluded to this last week that it is so countercultural. In a season, this Advent season, where we where we where we wait, where we develop the art of waiting, it runs so countercultural. And so I, I never like to separate the sacred, the sacred and the secular, but just for a moment, as we consider the calendar, I think for me that is has been something that I've reflected on this week. It are, I think we lack whenever we don't, um, and maybe this is a new church thing, because know some people, you're, you're familiar with, you're familiar with the church calendar. That's what your, your church experience. You lived around the church calendar. Advent, um, Epiphany, all of, these, all of these moments that mark the church calendar um, have been really important and really significant. It's, it's never overly been for me. So the secular calendar is we coordinate our lives within this secular age. And so everything about the secular calendar is pointing towards the 25th of December. Everything is a re- everything's revolving around that. We coordinate our lives within the secular age. Or we can, I think what we've been trying to do, um, part- everybody trying to participate in this season is uh, considering the sacred calendar. And in the sacred calendar, we're forming our lives through the gospel story. We're forming our lives around the gospel story. 
And so the demand of the secular is to be in a hurry, but the aim of Advent is to instill this quiet stillness in our souls. The, the demand, the demand of the secular, the, 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 the demand to coordinate our lives within um, the secular age demands that we be in a hurry. But the aim of Advent, the aim of slowing down, the aim of waiting is to instill a quiet slowness into our souls. But as I was thinking about this this week, and it maybe maybe won't apply to us all, but I want to acknowledge it anyway, the challenge sometimes of slowing down and encouraging people, encouraging high-capacity people to slow down, I want to make sure that we are speaking to you too. Because maybe for some, the challenge of slowing down is then that you have to try and tune out the voice that is saying you're not doing enough. You know what I mean? So, so those who are, who are always on the go and we are saying, come on guys, if you want to listen to God, you've got to slow down. Then you're left in that place. And I don't want people feeling guilty or feeling shame that, because that, those voices will come in. You've slowed down and you're not doing enough. You're not, you're not, your output is not the same as it, all, as it usually is. You're not doing enough. You haven't done enough. And so not necessarily know what the answer is, but, but part of me wants just to say, like, I, I hear you today, like, I, I see you this morning, and I, but I still can't get away from what, where David brought us to last week. If, in some ways, if you want to do more, or maybe at least if you want to be more effective or more fruitful, it's going to require slowing down. And so what I want to reflect on this morning a wee bit, and trying to use the story of Isaiah is around the idea of patience. And so for some of us, I think it's going to require being patient with yourself, especially those that, are, that maybe struggle with this idea of slowing down, that, um, slowing down so much that you're facing this battle of not doing enough, not having done enough. And maybe for you, you need just to, be, to learn to be patient with yourself. Uh, we maybe in this season we need to be learn to be patient with others. There's still so much going on in in our media and around social media that actually I just love it that we we avoid all the polarization. We avoid all of that that we're being sucked into all of the time and just learn to be patient with others and learn to be patient in our circumstance. And so there's, there, there's lots to say around those three things, and we're not going to be able to do all of that today. Um, but I just think we... we and it's probably in the, same, in the same sort of vein as slowing down. I think slowing down and being patient are, are, um, are good partners. So, so for the, again, for those that maybe get really frustrated whenever you hear us trying to slow you down too much, I suppose what we're really saying is like, don't be in a hurry. So if you don't like the language of, of, of slowing down, what about like, just reduce the hurry? Reduce the hurry. There is, hurry is, is a quicker pace than normal. And, uh, and in this season, the temptation is to, uh, to always be in a hurry. So if you don't like the idea of slowing down too much, Let's just at least get to that place of reducing the hurry.
And that's going to require, as I've said, it's going to require patience with yourself, patience with others, and patience in the circumstance. I love what Peter says about, about God. He says that he isn't being slow in the way that we think. He's being slow, but he is being patient. Because he is longing to, he's longing to form something within us. He's longing to draw all people to himself. And so it maybe looks like slowness is actually just his patience. And so I want to try and just uh, couch some of this idea of patience, I hope, in Isaiah 40. So the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, the book is split into at least two. Some have split it even further. But there is at least two two separate parts of Isaiah. So the first part of Isaiah, in fact, not, not in my Bible, but some call it Isaiah 1, first Isaiah, whatever. Um, first, chapters 1 to 39 is the prophet Isaiah speaking of a future exile. He's speaking of a future exile to a, to a people who were going to be conquered to a people who were going to find themselves in captivity. That's what the first 39 chapters are speaking of. And then we have from 40 to at least 55, we have the prophets speaking to those who are currently in exile, to a people who are currently in captivity. And maybe there's just something that the Holy Spirit would want to say to us. Because here is a people currently in captivity, familiar with the promises of God. And I, for them, they probably have never felt so far away. They have probably never felt so far away from the promises of God, of witnessing them being fulfilled. And so the prophet is speaking to those currently in this place, currently plagued with uncertainty, currently filled with, with so many questions. And maybe there's some of us will be able to find ourselves being able to relate incredibly well to this story. That maybe the Holy Spirit will want to speak to us who maybe currently find ourselves in a place of captivity. Metaphorically speaking, figuratively speaking. Or speaking to a people who are at the moment plagued with uncertainty. That stuff that has filled our news this week is just has just once again sent you in a spiral of uncertainty, filled with more questions, wondering when are the promises of God being fulfilled. They've never, for you, or for some of us, they've maybe never felt so far away. And I think the prophet Isaiah wanted to speak to those people. That's why I value the scriptures. That's why I value the Holy Spirit who can bring a new word, who can bring a new word out of an old word. And so I think here is a, is a reflection in Isaiah 40 is a reflection of a faith community in which the possibilities of the gospel seem to have failed. And I don't know if that's ever part of your frustration. I don't know if that enters your mind in, those, in the most challenging of times. It feels like there, there is a, we are a part of a faith community in which the possibilities of the gospel, we're just not seeing them come to life. All that we read about this good news that would bring hope and joy to all people feels like the possibilities of the gospel have, have failed. And I think the people in Isaiah 40 are, are a reflection 
of maybe what is what we're seeing today. Here is a faith community in which the possibilities of the story of God seem to have failed and they couldn't generate the energy that they had before. They couldn't sing the new songs that they sang before. They'd lost that vitality that they had before. It seemed that there was no end to this exile. It seemed there was no end to this uncertainty. It seemed that there was no answer to the unending questions. And their ability to sustain hope and joy was becoming increasingly difficult. And I don't know if you've entered that space. I know for me, like I've, I've entered that space a few times where to sustain joy and to sustain hope has been a challenge. And I'm grateful that the Spirit of God brings new life to an old story. And I think that's what he's done for me. And in some ways, I'm hoping that just reading a couple of these verses from Isaiah 40 would do the same for you. And so at the very beginning, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I would encourage you, in light of some of what I'm, what I'm trying to get across this morning, that you would go to Isaiah 40 at some stage today and read um, all 31 verses. And let it speak hope. Let it bring joy to your soul. And so in, at the beginning of Isaiah 40, some of you will be familiar with these verses, comfort, comfort my people. Some versions say that bring, bring encouragement, encourage, bring courage to my people. So the prophet Isaiah, he's speaking to people whose difficulties, they're not over, not yet. Difficulties, they're still living in them, but he comes and he speaks a word from God, speak tenderly, speak tenderly to my people. And I, I don't know why I keep doing it. I, I honestly don't. I'm trying my best to stop. I don't think I'm doing it as much as I, I used to. But I still find myself going on to, uh, to other websites and to other messages that people are preaching. And people who are being plagued with uncertainty, people who are, being f who are filled with questions, they are not being spoken to tenderly. They are being spoken to angrily. They're being spoken to judgmentally. They're being spoken and in a way that would bring shame. But here is what the Lord would want to say, and I'm convinced of this, that in, in this moment that we find ourselves in, that the, that are, in where our, our, the difficulties are not over, not yet. They're not over yet, but the Lord would come and he would say, speak tenderly to my people. Speak to their hearts. And if you keep going on, you'll see that he's longing that, that one, there would be a voice that would come to make straight the way of the Lord in the wilderness. I'm longing for that, that we would be a people that would speak, make straight the way of the Lord in the wilderness. That every mountain that would be brought low and every valley would be raised and we find ourselves just on this level place where the glory of the Lord, verse 5, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it. And I've just found myself reading these words long and almost to prophesy it to our day. 
God is leveled with the glory of the Lord be revealed, even though the, the difficulties are not over, they're not over yet, but we hear his voice speaking to us tenderly. And so they wait, and so we wait. We exercise patience, a practice that our secular age struggles with, to wait. And unfortunately, maybe this, maybe this will not land the same way with everybody, but I'm sorry to say patience is required. Patience is required. They waited. We wait. And so as the Lord comes and he speaks this word gently, and he speaks it to their hearts, what is it that they needed to hear? And maybe what is it that you need to hear this morning? What do we need to hear? In a moment where we're still plagued with uncertainty, we're still filled with so many questions, where maybe in our, even in our darkest moments, it seems that the possibilities of the gospel have failed. What is it that we need to hear? And in verse 21, we hear, we hear, we read these words. We read them a couple of times in this chapter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Just longing for us to remember. Longing for us to, to, I suppose even as we slow down, to remember. To think back. As we exercise patience and we slow down enough, as we reduce the hurry, we remember. We remember what we know. We remember what we've heard. We don't forget. Have you not heard? Have you not? Do you not know? What is it that they need to hear? What is it that we need to hear? And so what I would love to say to you through the prophet Isaiah is lift up your eyes. Verse 20, 20, um, 25. To, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name? Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Lift up your eyes. Remember who he is. Remember all that he's done. Remember his power and his strength. He brings the starry hosts out one by one and not one of them is missing. And these stunning verses go on. And let me read them. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded from my God. And if you find yourself asking those questions over the last couple of weeks or months or years, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? I'm desperate that you hear this this morning, church. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And in some ways I... I don't know any other way to try and pull stuff out of this than just what's there. 
just longing for that to be our experience. Not only does this God not grow weary, not only does this God never faint, but he gives power to those. He gives power to those who do. He gives power to the faint. He gives power to the weary. And so the news in Isaiah 40 is for those who have run out of hope. The news for those in Isaiah 40 is for those who have run out of energy, to those who have run out of imagination, to those who have run out of courage, to those who have run out of compassion, to those who have run out of generosity. The news of Isaiah 40 is for those. And so again, I want to say to you, if you have run out of energy, if you've run out of courage, if you've run out of imagination, this news is for you. He gives strength to the weary. He gives power to the weak. And so these verses, I, I memorized these verses years ago, but I feel like I've never felt the weight of them in the way that I do now. And just in a simple way of like, this has almost been my mantra for the last couple of days. It's been a prayer for all of us. I find myself almost asking the Lord for forgiveness last night because sometimes my prayer on a Saturday, and I find myself catching myself on, is like almost got a prayer that I'd, like I just would speak really well in the morning. People would think well of me because I've done a good job. Like, oh man, you're such an idiot. <laughs> so this is like, honestly, this is, the, this is my prayer more than anything else this morning that those that are part of this family, that those that are listening in, that they would, be, they would find power, an increase of power to the weak, an increase of strength to the weary. And that's just what I prayed. And that's just, like, I'm just tempted just to, to read these words and pray these words and, like, desire these words just over and over again this morning. He gives strength to the weary. If you've run out of energy, he gives strength to the weary. Increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Walter Brueggemann said this, Advent is a time for remembering and gratitude, but it is also for hoping, for receiving energy, for resolve, for the mission. The mission is very tough these days, but God is not hidden. He is not indifferent. He is not powerless. And we are the people of this God. And so I think what Lila's talking about this morning is actually really important. Because I know for me, if I'm going to find resolve for the mission, if I'm going to continue to receive energy, it's not going to be in isolation. It's not going to be on my own. It's going to be around the table. It's going to be within community. And so it is really important. And I think it's really important when we hear from hear stories like Alex. I think it's important to hear it because, because he recognized something. He was moved by something and he gathered a people around him. 
He didn't do it in isolation. He did it with a group of people. God has done and is doing something beautiful in and through him. And I think as he gathers people around him, he receives energy and he receives resolve for the mission. God is not hidden. He's not indifferent. He's not powerless. And we are the people of this God. And so I would love it if you would just stand and just let me pray a simple prayer uh, over us this morning. Yeah, Father, uh, grateful for grateful for who you are, grateful for the story of God. Grateful that as we engage with the scripture we have moments where we where we testify and we witness and even now we cry out for the tender voice of the Lord to speak into each heart this morning. That maybe those that feel that they haven't done enough or they're not enough. Holy Spirit, we just speak tenderly. Those that maybe feel guilty because of the uncertainty that they've been plagued with, or the, the questions that they've been consumed by. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak tenderly to their hearts this morning. God, and for the many different uh, emotions, the many different opinions, the many different feelings, God, that we even carry in this room this morning, we're just longing that we center around ourselves, around the story of God, the person of Jesus, the witness of the Holy Spirit. God, we center ourselves around the one who, who cast the starry hosts, the starry hosts one by one, he led them out, not one of them is missing. God, we pray that we would sense even the tenderness of the Lord in, in, in moments like that. And so by your loving spirit, may Advent be a time of remembering and giving thanks, and also a time of renewing our energy and our resolve for the mission. May we rest and obey. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Thank you for uh, participating this morning in worship. Um, enjoy your day. <laughs>